0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: In Florida, a doctor with terminal cancer
0: has one last party
1: and gets arrested in the process. (laughs) In Louisiana, a homeless man gets arrested after attempting to sell a house he was squatting in. And in Jamaica, police catch a serial killer after the murder of four. These stories and more coming at you today, Friday, September 15th, on Real Life Real Crime Daily. And I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Woody
2: Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. Happy Friday, fellas. Friday, Friday. TGIF. Hey, before we get going. Uh Uh-huh want to try and put a little rap on uh, America's favorite Eagles fan, Mr. Cavalcante, who uh, finally got <laughs> taken into custody yesterday, and Jim did a great job recapping all that yesterday. How much money do you think we spent getting that guy? Do you see the crowd of – I mean, I've never seen so many people in fatigues.
3: Yeah, the uh, a lot of money, but the other option is – he still runs free and kills people. So Well they, if Ryan would've Ryan
2: would have taken him when he yeah. was in his house flicking the yeah, right, flicking the right. lights, but
3: you have you have to you have to spend it no matter what it is. And of course they have money in their budgets. You know, I don't know. That's a good question. Though.
2: I mean millions and millions.
3: Yep. But gotta be gotta
1: be done. That's right. You gotta have it. That's right. And the second one from Pennsylvania in such a short amount of time to escape. Uh, they weren't gonna. They weren't gonna not well, catch. They the weren't sky.
2: effing around. Yeah, they weren't messing around well, for maybe, sure. Maybe next time we focus on preventing these kind of people from coming into the country. That might be
3: a good strategy. I don't yeah. know. And make the walls where you can't. Spider Man up them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I that, don't know if anything that guy could, could stop him. Just jump over the wall. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Trump would have had to build that wall a hundred feet high to keep that guy out. Oh but. yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh yeah.
1: Also, I want to mention, uh, we've had a lot of people ask how we did in our our golf tournament that we uh, participated in for Sheriff uh, Jason Ord, And uh, proud to say that out of, I got the confirmation, it was actually 68 teams. 68. 34 and 34. We finished tied for 17th. And I will be the first to say I had absolutely almost nothing to do with that. Uh,
3: Thank you, Josh Johnson, yeah, <laughs> Ganger. Okay. Yeah. and Mike was the backup one. After.
1: Yeah, yeah, we played a couple of Mike's balls, mostly Josh's balls, um, but, uh,
2: but but it's still, what's still even 17th. harder to believe. Is you know, we were worse. At the other game than we were at golf. Oh, oh God. God. yeah. Cornhole I, was a it. I think they we,
3: put those things too far away. The,
2: I mean, we yeah. could not cornhole o yeah. for yeah. anything. Yeah. That, it, that it was, was I'm pretty sure we went 0 for, like,
3: 50. On, <laughs> I don't know.
2: Oh, I don't know. Really four bad. of them. I don't, I don't even know what the
3: prize would have been. I think mean, Josh made one. I don't think I got a point. I may have got one out of four.
2: It was disturbingly bad. Like. Yeah.
3: You know no. what, though?
2: Like, we should be checked. Something no. could be wrong, like a neuromuscular yeah. or something. We're going to
3: practice for next year. We'll be ringers <laughs> on the corner. And then we'll buy a thousand entries. That's it. But thank you to Josh Johnson for, for yeah, playing gosh, with us. We had a great time carrying three guys on his it. shoulders for <laughs>
1: <he can't laughs> to His
3: back's probably still hurting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, but some of that
2: food. Out there. Oh
3: my god, the food, yeah. the drinks, and that Cornish game hen. Yeah, oh yeah, and that's what Josh Who the hell said. does that to a Cornish game hen? Josh said that. What? Yeah. Hey, that's Cajun okay. shit, man. Yeah. And we fried deep fry everything in peanut oil. Yes. Yeah, that shit was love. Yeah, yeah, it was all good, all good. So, Alcohol man. was flowing. Seven for, for sure. Morning bloody berries. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> well. right. All right, and let's get into. Crime time, people. This is what you're here for, and this is what we're about to give it
1: to you. And we've got a heck of a story to lead it off, and we're going to tell you about Florida Dr. Scott Anthony Burke, a 69-year-old yachtsman who police say they busted with more than 40 grams of cocaine and 14 grams of ketamine. What? Last week,
3: you don't even hear about that anymore.
1: Special case of fucking horse. Special K, baby, but he's sixty nine. It's a horse tranquilizer. <laughs> That's a. Yeah. Yeah, and well, how
2: much of it? That was a shit.
1: Fourteen grams and That's forty grams of coke. Yeah, on his yacht. Yeah, oh, so he. It's he, a good party. That, he, yeah. He's been a successful doctor to say the least. Yachts. Well, he was holding a party on board a boat last week as he faces terminal cancer. Yeah, there were strippers involved. To have this man potentially spend the rest of his life. Waiting for his case to go to trial to me would be very very tragic. This from his lawyer uh, in reference to that client's illness. Burke is now facing drug and gun charges after police boarded his vessel last week in response to a woman possibly overdosing in the bedroom with the woman. They found cocaine. They found the pistol. And a search warrant turned up a substantial amount of drugs and, a, and another gun, which doctors said he, the doctor did not have a license for. His attorney said that additional allegations from an anonymous law enforcement source say that pros, prostitutes were on board. I figured that. But he's calling it disgusting slander. He says that's yeah. bullshit. He yeah. said the woman on board was a friend of Burke's hired captain. And Brennan told the paper the same uh, the same thing uh, as well. There was a party on the boat, and Burke was spending time with his friends, he said. As we suggested, the boat's large. He uh, has a captain. He has a staff. There was a cook. And sometimes there yeah. are people who serve as staff waiters, cleaners, and things of that nature. Mm. Police responded to Burke's boat after an unidentified report uh, basically was called in to the to the police department, Burke's 80-foot Nordhagen trawler. Nice. It's a big one. Has been visible in Nantucket Harbor for days after his arrest. When first responders arrived in the master bedroom to look at the victim, they spotted a big bag of cocaine on the nightstand and a loaded pistol in a bookshelf. Mm-hmm. After obtaining a search warrant, they went back and say they recovered 43.4 grams of that cocaine and 14. grams of ketamine now here's my question Mm -hmm. this man has terminal cancer okay he's you know and usually when they tell you you're terminal you've got months Yeah, yeah Okay, you know he had one last party, man. Yeah, come on, I mean, this guy's obviously loaded. He probably right. doesn't have sons and daughters and things of that nature. And he said, "I'm going to get me a big bag of. Co-. He may have never done cocaine in his
3: life. Big bag of booger <laughs> sugar and a and a. Not
1: that that's a good
3: thing. And but, a hassle full of uh, prostitutes. Yeah. Well, I mean, is it, a, is it?
2: You
1: know, I guess you got to arrest him. But yeah, know
2: well, he's a Florida a guy. Up in Massachusetts. That's the other thing. Is you uh, know, mm-hmm. if that had happened, that's a good point. That had happened off the happened coast Miami, of Miami. Yeah, and maybe of the over. that's yeah. the only guy now on planet Earth not looking for, hoping for a cure for cancer. I mean, if cancer <laughs> gets cured in the next couple of weeks, <laughs> he's, he's going to be god prison. damn it. Yeah. yeah,
1: now I got to spend twenty years because that's that's a that's a charge right there. I mean, he yeah, he yeah, has some yeah. substantial
2: but just the firearms alone is, is yeah federal charge. So they're hell bent on going through with it. They're going to go through with everything. I uh, guess they I, have to. Yeah, but,
1: yeah uh, you know, I, I don't know that they could just let him off. Um, so so. I, I don't know that a jury wouldn't let him off though. I might take that to a but, jury but trial. Even, even on, if, if he
3: dies, let me tell you, this popped in my head. Funny story, the um. I was doing defense consulting work and we i actually showed up uh, with the defense lawyer and the client had died in in the custody of the, of the jail. No, not in custody of jail. He was out of bond. And the client had died like the week before he got shot. And so I was already in, closed down the case or whatever. So I went to court with him and the—the the, he wasn't there, right? They said, the judge said, well, where is the defendant at? And in... The defense attorney said, your honor, he got killed last week, and the, uh, the prosecution went off. Oh, we don't believe that. We don't believe that. Da, da, da. He said, the defense attorney said, well, I'll tell you what, Mr. D.A., you go ahead and issue an arrest warrant for my client and see if it's ever hmm. Like He's dead as fuck. Right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Interesting. Good stories. Um, y'all bring it back home to Louisiana where a Louisiana man has taken squatter's rights to a whole new level after he was caught inside a couple's home that he attempted to sell for nearly a quarter million dollars months ago. Joseph Guerin was caught after having broken into an unoccupied Baton Rouge home earlier this week after the owners were alerted to the unwanted man on their property. Guran was arrested for unauthorized entrance into the house after he had changed the home's locks and its utilities were listed under his name. He was released on Monday. But this is the third time the serial squatter has been arrested for unauthorized entrance after he was apprehended by police in April out of the same Baton Rouge home where the owners first found people were illegally residing in the residence. Richard and Kristen Craven inherited the ranch house last year after her parents died and only discovered the unwanted guest during a routine check of the property. They said, Hey, we were just checking on it and it was ransacked. Everything was tossed. The couple had planned to refurbish and resell the white brick four bedroom home a couple of months after taking over the property, but discovered the house was run down because of Guerra. Now, they found the squatters had moved in with their own furniture, tearing the carpet up and installing tile flooring and new count countertops that were weren't quality. And they had
2: painted everything. The, usually, usually, squatters right. not
3: going right. to go through an install and, they, they, and, the, and the bring they, They're ripping up the carpet shed and shit, put it in everything, and painting the so. And they had painted everything white, including the window, which was to obstruct the view into the home. When they first discovered the visitors, instead of confronting them, the Cravens kept their eyes on the home, noting different people entering and exiting throughout the day and night, and said the house wasn't just being used to sleep in. Drug use, drug dealing, I don't know if he was renting rooms out to females, Richard Craven said, the province escalated all the way to Garan listing the property online for 225,000. Well, right. he put all those home you improvements gotta, in. You so, got to give yeah. this credit to, uh, uh that's kind of criminal I would be. But when they initially report the problem to authorities, police said, Hey, it's a civil matter because both the Cravens and the squatters were providing documents that showed them as the rightful owners. Now, Garyn obviously faked his shit, right? With um, Garyn allegedly showing property tax information under his name. <laughs> the police won't show me that, uh, what paperwork he has, Richard Craven said. I told him whatever he is, he's got to be forged. In their most recent run in with Garyn, the Cravens were alerted by a neighbor telling them, You have company over there. That Joey guy's back. While Louisiana law does make squatting legal, a person must peacefully possess the property for 10 uninterrupted years in good faith and by just title, or for 30 years without title or good faith. I'm not going to let a criminal go bust in the house and take control, Craven said. It's just as simple as that. So it's more than getting control. He's going, he's going, he's going to go. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I remember... That, you know, that guy's had, as you said, has had several issues right. with that. I remember another situation similar that that same squatter was involved in. Yeah. But shout out to him for, you know, I mean, he's
3: been trying to earn his real uh, He's like, what do you call that? An entrepreneur. Yeah. Hey, hey, you know, in the state of Louisiana, Mike, uh, Mike let me ask you this. I'm gonna, uh, let me come over and sleep on your couch for seven days.
2: Um. Once you hit that tally, you leave when you want to, not when I say. Right, of, yeah. that's
3: right. Under yeah. Louisiana law. Most people don't know this. It, it, the and I had these calls so many times. If I stay on your in your house as a guest from, for seven days or more, then I you have to evict me. If no I don't way. want to, I, that's the truth. You have to oh, evict yeah. me under Louisiana law. You consider considered domicile.
2: Uh, no matter whether know. you're paying me any consideration. Nope, yeah, yeah, no
3: bills you. in my name. No nothing. I'm eating your food,
2: doing whatever to take shit in your toilet. You hear toilet. that family? Maximum of a six-day invite yeah, if, if I, you're coming I mean, into if town. It might be 10, but I'm, I'm well, pretty give me, sure Give me seven. that info. That's important. Yeah,
3: well, just don't let any people stay that long. The, kick him out one day and then,
2: I can't and believe he was selling it. the freaking house. Hey, I you know, I went to Home Depot, I put 000. these new <laughs> kitchen counters in, and and uh, he fl- did flooring too, didn't yeah, you, yeah. Know? And
3: and had tax dollars, hey, 250000 I bet you could have got him down to at least 125
2: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what if a I cash, don't know how much you spent? What if, if a cash buyer had showed up that like, oh, yeah, first sure. day? and then they're in a the real shit show. Wow, let's so, go to Jamaica, man, Jamaica. Police in Jamaica have charged a man they suspect is a serial killer involved in the death of at least four people with murder. The 25-year-old man from Montego Bay is accused of fatally stabbing at least two homeless men, an older woman, and a young man in July and August, police said in a statement Sunday. All the victims were found stabbed in the parish of St. James, where the popular tourist destination of Montego Bay is located. The investigation is ongoing
1: very good. Uh, That's it. but you know, I'll say this, uh, these are all stabbings <laughs> and uh, and one thing with with stabbings is the very personal, especially when it comes to serial killers. Don't yeah. try and, and extend this session, Jim.
2: <laughs> you never have comment after my long stories. That was a 27. That's the shortest
3: story you ever did in your entire life.
2: 27.9 seconds. That was beautiful. Succinct. That's beautiful. I might be making some room. <laughs> it, you, know, you just made a more record out I of the I might all be making us. some room <laughs> oh, for oh, story number two. Oh, but,
3: all right. The, the, uh, been to Montego Bay. Don't really care for it. One of my least uh, favorite Caribbean islands and everything else is Jamaica.
2: Uh, pretty. It's the only dance I could ever do. Do you ever do the Montego Bay? I don't think so. You know the song Montego Bay? I don't think so. I can't sing or I yeah. would do
1: it. <laughs> no, but uh, the Beach Boys sang Kokomo. Yeah, That's
2: close to Montego Bay. Uh, yeah. Montego, I want to yeah. take you. But is there a Kokomo dance? I don't think there is a... No, I don't uh, think no. so. There's a Montego Bay. I don't know. I'll show you the Montego Bay I, I can. Do, I can show you, you can, for I TikTok, can do, you can film me doing the Montego Bay dance. I can do Bay cocktails like Tom Cruise. Okay, don't yeah. extend my story. The length was 27.9 All right. seconds. All right. All right.
1: Louisiana police had a... Uh, Had quite a discovery, speaking of cocaine, from our first story. And they have arrested a suspect after uncovering around $2 million worth of the white powder inside a home. For their sugar. Yes. The St. John the Baptist Parish Sheriff's Office, located just outside of New Orleans, announced Monday that a 54-year-old was taken into custody after deputies discovered more than 77 kilos in a Laplace home. On Saturday, September 9th, 2023, officers began an investigation at the Laplace home. During the course of the investigation, packages of cocaine were discovered and about 77 kilos of cocaine with a street value of around $2 million were confiscated. The 54-year-old suspect, who has not been publicly identified, is now in charge uh, is now charged with possession with intent to distribute cocaine, obviously a felony. An image released by the St. John the Baptist Sheriff's Office shows bricks of cocaine piled on top of the table after they were covered by police, and some of the bricks have the word Jeep on them, while others have an image of the UK flag. The news emerged as UN says cultivation of Colombian coca crops which is used to make cocaine, reached an all-time high in the South American country last year. The new findings on coca growing were published over the weekend by the United Nations, and they say that nearly 570,000 acres of farmland in Colombia were planted with coca in 2022, which is a 13% increase from the previous year. The South American nation is the world's largest exporter of cocaine, And Columbia provides 90% of the cocaine sold in the United States. So cocaine's making a comeback. And even here locally uh, in Louisiana. I'm going to tell you why when you get done.
3: I'm done. All right. Tell me why. Okay. So after all our stories on fentanyl, Mm -hmm. I actually went down the wormhole on it. I'm trying to figure out exactly how profitable it is. Check this out. You can get a kilo, which is uh, two and a half pounds, of fentanyl for five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Now, what they're doing as it, with all the uh, different type drugs, they are um, cocaine is one that it's they're doing it the most on. They take that five thousand dollar kilo of fentanyl and they cut up the cocaine and they it gives them three hundred thousand dollars of profit off of one kilo of fentanyl so that what they're doing is they're cutting the one you said the uk stamp and mm-hmm. what was the other one jeep jeep so so when they get stateside people that that do the cutting it's like the ecstasy pills back in the day that each one had its different marks on it it's the different people that are the different yeah. dealers that are making it up so they're, they're getting it They're. Stepping on is what they call it when they cut it. They're stepping on it with fentanyl, and that's why cocaine is an all-time high because it's it's being cut with fentanyl, and it's and mm-hmm. the profits are just enormous. It used to be you make twenty eight thousand dollars profit on on a kilo of cocaine. Now they can make like two hundred fifty thousand dollars off of one kilo, well because of fentanyl. The but they're killing their customer. Yeah, no, 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 not all of them. The majority, I looked that up too, like 98% of the people that or that these drugs that are being cut with the fentanyl, they get it, they're get they getting it correct, or at least not to the point that it's killing them. All the overdoses you're hearing about are fucking Tom and Dick and Harry in the trailer park, got a bag of fentanyl, and they're trying to cut up some meth with it, and they don't know what they're doing, mm. and they don't care that they're killing their people. The, the cartels are not actually the ones that are – they're they're killing with the fentanyl. It's it's the people that come stateside that don't know what they're doing. You know, fentanyl it has medical purposes. Mm. I mean, uh, 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 but it's the ones who don't care. They're only doing it for profit, and and they don't have the knowledge to split it up. To you don't want to kill your customer. Right? Right. If I'm a dope dealer, I, I want my customer. I don't want to get arrested. I want to keep coming back to me every right. day. But unfortunately, there's shit bags in every industry, including the dope dealing industry, who are who are overcutting with the fentanyl. Well, shout out to
2: Chrysler for sponsoring. cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's
3: good for their. Well, shit. It,
2: part of his his story was that the actual crop is up thirteen percent, so you've mm-hmm. got more supply to begin with, and then. When you're you're cutting it with the fentanyl, the the thing is, other cutting agents over the years didn't do things for the yeah, high. You know, the, they they the
3: just baby powder and right. yeah, it was just they, fillers. They, they were
2: just supplementing to allow them to make more money off of less pure cocaine. Right. Here, you've actually got something that uh, uh, that is enhancing the uh, the high or extending the the high. So, right, I did get. Uh, fentanyl at one time in the hospital for an injury and it's uh yeah it's um it's pretty amazing. Like I thought morphine was the you know was it was the thing. Yeah, you know when you're post, post surgery with a morphine post surgery with a morphine drip. But uh you know, one of the most painful things you can get are stones and I had a a yeah. bad situation with stones and they gave me the fentanyl for the stones and I mean I went from keeled over on the ground to just Fine. Right. All right, guys, we've never had an intervention on the show, but we're going to have one right now. And this applies to both of you guys, but perhaps a bit more to Mr. Overton. Mm, must be alcohol. Well, you know, neither of you guys are 25 anymore, and sometimes you need to take a break away from the alcohol. Oh, boy. So I want to talk to you about a healthy alternative to alcohol that can be just the right fix after a stressful day. You know, Woody, like... A day after 10 crazies from Wisconsin come into town to kill 1,000 wild boars, and you idiots end up killing a 1,000 shiner box at the same time. That's going to happen. <laughs> well, I know it is. And so I want to tell you about a product called Recess Mood. Mm. Think about it. Even the name sounds relaxing. Recess Mood is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens, so you can relax without the alcohol or the hangover. Now, while Jim is looking up the meaning of adaptogens, I'll continue on. Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show listeners get 15% off the Recess Mood Sampler Pack at takearecess.com R-L-R-C. That's takearecess.com R-L-R-C. You can enjoy Recess Mood after a busy day or whatever you need to relax and unwind. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and Ooh. raspberry lemon.
3: Mm.
2: Those sound yummy? Yeah. It's only got 20 calories. Doesn't have any sugar in it. So I don't know if you've ever had guilt, Woody. But if you do, Recess Mood could help you I get rid of, of it. Yeah, but I've had the pain of not having a recess. <laughs> okay, well, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash RLRC and get 15% off a Recess Mood sampler pack. It's your go-to alcohol replacement.
0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
2: Instantly, it's crazy. Well,
3: that's what what happens. And so, let's roll on to Ohio I don't have any problem in Ohio. Uh, uh, good hunting. You <laughs> to I, think about that was, for a no, I, like, sure. I like to, you know, I've been pretty much everywhere, but every time I hear a place I haven't thought of in a while, I think about their hunting, and they get some pretty good deer in Ohio. But um, in Ohio, a multi-state manhunt for a suspect wanted for murder in Ohio and two kidnappings in Kentucky came to a deadly end late Saturday night. The suspect, a 50-year-old man from Ironton, Ohio, identified as David Maynard, took three hostages at a Speedway gas station in Credo, West Virginia, just after midnight. The, uh, WS, WVSP-TV said a state trooper was visiting the gas station when he observed Maynard behind the counter and recognized him as the suspect in the manhunt. Maynard then pointed his pistol at the trooper, which led to the hostage situation. The hostage negotiator with the West Virginia State Police Response Team communicated with Maynard for an hour and a half. Um, The negotiator successfully got the suspect to release the two hostages before Maynard asked that a blanket be placed at the door for the remaining hostage. Maynard eventually exited the door and engaged members of the state police special response team, prompting officers to fire at him. Well, y'all can guess how this entered, right? Mm. The Maynard later died of his injuries at a nearby hospital. The third hostage was safely secured and unharmed, and no officers were injured in the standoff. The search for Maynard had begun on Friday when Iron Ton police officers responded to a report of shots fired, found a woman bound with cords, and Maynard's 78-year-old stepfather, a dinner identified as Donald Wood, was dead. A 39-year-old female was tied up using cords, and officers cut her loose. Then proceeded to clear the rest of the house, and they found the 78-year-old male deceased. While on the run from police, Maynard abducted two women at separate locations in Kentucky and stole their cars. One of the women managed to escape and called 911. Prior to the speedway standoff, Maynard had been last spotted earlier on Saturday in West Canova, West Virginia, and the shelter in place alert was issued as police searched for Maynard. So this dude was on, in like, pretty much a mid to east, mid country to the east co- uh, coast crime spree. Yeah. And they gave him that he died from lead
2: poisoning. Well, yeah. And it's, I mean, he sounded like a, a pretty bad dude, right. but then. It didn't seem like he handled the hostage yeah, negotiations. A, right? a lot of
3: times people just end the rope and they know it's up and they're like, mm, fuck it, I'm not going back to jail. That's suicide by cops, what that's called. Mm-hmm, yeah. He knew, that's like old song, Seven Spanish Angels. You know, I need, take me back to Texas, they won't take me back alive. He did it and his old lady picked up the pistol and she knew it was empty. And then she...
2: What's the old song called?
3: Seven Spanish Angels. You never heard it? the beatles? no man come on willie cash i mean yeah, johnny, johnny cash Nash, willie nelson, nelson and and uh, ray charles damn great yeah great song i'll have to look that one up i'll send it to you
2: well on november 22nd of this year it'll be 60 years uh, since uh, jfk since jfk I right was assassinated and a former secret service agent has come forward with a new book And the book contains a startling revelation about that day. It really does. Paul Landis is this guy's name. He's now 88 years old. And he's claiming that he tampered with evidence and put one of the bullets believed to have killed the president in his pocket before later placing it on JFK's hospital gurney. And this is, if true, really, really significant. And we'll we'll get – won't get that deep into it, but we'll, we'll at least give you a feel for why it's significant. Landis was assigned the security detail of Jackie Kennedy on November 22nd, 1963. So he was traveling with the motorcade when JFK was assassinated. I didn't think about it at all for 45 years, he said. And at that point, it was March 2014. And I started thinking that maybe it was time that I told my story. It's all contained in his book. The book is called The Final Witness A Kennedy secret service agent breaks his silence after 60 years. You might think this guy's just trying to make a quick buck, but he's 88 years old. Right. It, he could have done this on the 40th anniversary. He could have done this on the 50th anniversary. He could have done this on the 30th anniversary. And it would have made a lot more sense because he'd have some time, some life ahead of him to enjoy whatever kind of financial windfall there is. And the story also makes a lot of sense when it is compared with a lot of other evidence that exists. So in the book, Landis offers a firsthand account of the moments during and after the assassination and a shocking revelation about a bullet he now says he found that day in the presidential limo and later placed on Kennedy's gurney. Why is the book coming out 60 years later? It's interesting because Landis's confession, which is that he tampered with the evidence removing the bullet from the limo, is that we're talking about the bullet. Some of you may have heard it phrased as the magic bullet, Uh, but we're talking about the bullet. The second shot, supposedly, was the magic bullet, and and this bullet has been at the center of so much of the JFK assassination debate and conspiracy theories for years. Landis' version is that The Kennedy motorcade had just completed the hairpin turn in front of the book depository and the cars were straightening out when he heard the first shot. I recognized it immediately as the sound of a gunshot. I turned to look over my right shoulder and I saw nothing. I was scanning forward. Landis says he he saw President Kennedy sitting in the limo and leaning slightly to the left, though it was unclear at that point if he had been hurt. Remember, the Warren Commission concluded that the first bullet, had missed everything, that that first shot supposedly did not hit anything and they never found, quote unquote, the first bullet. I had just finished scanning the overpass and ahead of the car and I heard the second shot and still no reaction from President Kennedy. So now remember the story of the magic bullet is that it entered Kennedy first. His back came out through his throat and then entered Governor Connolly and actually entered through his ribs, and, uh, and then exited again into, uh, into his leg. And that's what gave it the magic bullet uh, theory. So, but when he looked over at Kennedy after the second shot, he didn't see any different reaction than he saw after the first shot. And so if Kennedy had been hit— With a shot that would go all the way through his body and exit his throat, you would think there would have been a reaction from Kennedy. So according to the Warren Commission, the second shot was the magic bullet that supposedly traveled through JFK's back and exited through his throat before hitting Texas Governor Connolly, breaking a rib, exiting his body, and entering back in his wrist and thigh. And then the third shot rang out, and there's no dispute about anything involving the third shot. We know that the third shot is what blew Kennedy's head apart, right? Once— They got to the hospital. Landis says he ran to the president's limo where Jackie was sitting with her husband's head in her lap. Blood and bone fragments were everywhere, including a pool of blood in the seat next to the first lady. He said he also noticed two bullet fragments in the puddle of blood, picking them up and then placing them back in the seat as the chaos was unfolding. Meanwhile, the other uh, Secret Service agent, Clint Hill, removed his suit coat wrapped up the president's head and torso, and lifted him up onto the gurney. The first lady then stood up to follow the group inside. That's when Landis said he noticed a fully intact bullet sitting on the back seat ledge where the cushion meets the metal of the car. I picked it up, I looked at it, and I started to put it back. I didn't see any other agents in the vicinity, so I put the bullet in my pocket. Apparently, there were Uh, There were crowds of citizens beginning to congregate at the hospital and all around the motorcade vehicles, and Landis was concerned that the bullet might just become someone's souvenir, so he took it. It was a quick decision, he said, one he debated just for a second, deciding that ultimately he didn't want that bullet to disappear. Once he got inside the hospital, Landis and the others raced down the hallway, landing at a trauma room. Landis was in this uh, trauma room when doctors and nurses removed Kennedy's body from the gurney, transferring it to the exam table. So all the time I've been standing there, I've been kind of fumbling with the bullet in my pocket. He continues, I took it out and I set it by the president's left foot. And it was like a white cotton blanket on the table. And the bullet started to roll off the table. I reached out and grabbed it and there was a little wrinkle in the blanket. So I put the bullet where it wouldn't roll off and it stopped on the blanket and that's where I left it. Amid the confusion and chaos, Landis says, I figured this was the best place, uh, this was the place the bullet needed to be. They would find it, and I felt great relief that I had saved an important piece of evidence. Landis says he planned to detail the bullet, uh, to tell his story in detail, everything about the bullet, when he was questioned by the Warren Commission, but for some reason, the commission never called him to question him. It wasn't until 2014 that the bullet being found on the gurney Uh, uh, was mentioned in uh, in another book, which is called Six Seconds in Dallas. And after reading that version, which in that version, they say the bullet was found on the gurney of Governor John Connolly. That had also been the story that the Warren Commission had told for years is that the the magic bullet was found on the gurney of Connolly and presumed to have fallen out of his body after it had traveled through Kennedy into him. And so after the, the book, that book came out in 2014, over the next several years, Landis says he uh, had conversations with friends and fellow agents and that he finally decided that He needed to come forward with his story. He describes the bullet he found that day as having striations, so he knew that it had been fired. Landis has no theories about the significance of the bullet or how its existence might change the way some people think about the assassination, which makes it more credible in a lot of people's eyes. The Warren Commission determined JFK's assassination was the result of a lone gunman, former U.S. Marine Lee Harvey Oswald. Landis's story and the Warren Commission version can't both be correct, either He's lying or he's wrong or they're lying or they're wrong. In episode 71 of my podcast series, The Death of Journalism, we do a very thorough investigation, John Ziegler does, exploring the JFK assassination in depth. And John, long before we knew anything about this book, posited a theory about uh, the magic bullet not being magic and the first bullet actually being the result of a misfire where the bullet hit Kennedy, but it only penetrated about an inch deep into his back. That was why the bullet was found on the back um, seat. And when you look at the Zabruder film, which is the very short film, the only film that actually uh, exists of the assassination, you see Kennedy on the first shot, a lot of people said that he put his hands on his neck. He didn't. When you actually watch it very closely, frame by frame, he makes this kind of emotion, which is very consistent with getting hit in the back with something, and um, uh, and the hole in the uh, in Kennedy's throat was very very small until they went and did a did a tracheotomy on it. And so, uh, I encourage people to go and, and listen at episode seventy one and, and draw your own conclusions. But I think what this guy has come out with here is potentially a very significant piece that, while it differs from what the Warren Commission determined, it it sticks to uh, and I think is presents a more believable uh, theory of a lone gunman and, and Oswald being that lone gunman because the first shot hits Kennedy, but it's not a kill shot because it's a misfire. The second shot never strikes Kennedy. It hits uh, Connolly and does very serious damage. And the third bullet is a devastating kill shot that takes Kennedy out. It's a simpler explanation of everything that happened. So if you're interested, check out episode 71 of The Death of Journalism. I have
3: studied it my entire life, read every book. I've been to the site when I lived in Dallas. I've been to the site numerous times. I actually own the same Italian made rifle. I've tried to duplicate the shots, but we're we'll not to get into it today. But the uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, actually, my mom's uncle was a registrar of voters in East Feliciana Parish. He tried to register just two months before, I think it was two months before the, um, the assassination. He tried to register and he turned him down um, for not being a parish. So I have a lot a lot of, A lot of knowledge, a lot of personal history and um, things involved in that story. But always, always, probably the most fascinating. I think
2: we should do, we should have you come on uh, and do an interview with Ziegler on the topic. I think that'd be fascinating. That'd
3: be great. I would enjoy doing it. But I have so much motion and and so many stacks of books and and everything else on it and been there numerous times. Ditto on that. And even to the hospital where um, he was brought in. Parkland, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh,
1: You know, that story's intrigued me since obviously I was a kid. It happened before, well before I was born. But uh, I think just about anybody that has especially any interest in, in crime and things like that. The, the JFK uh, question is, is a relevant one. I actually just watched a podcast where uh, Patrick bet. David uh, has a podcast called the PDB podcast. He went on Rogan. And when people go on Rogan's podcast, they bring gifts (laughs) and PDB is known for his pride that he takes in bringing gifts. And one of the gifts he brought Rogan was a, Huge frame and it had an actual uh, paper from the Warren Commission, uh, Rogan being a a huge JFK guy. Um, And then it had the cut signatures of all it had Kennedys, it had uh, Oswald and it had Ruby's. Mm-hmm. Uh, all cut signatures on this on this yeah. beautiful frame with
3: these pictures, and cool.
1: it was it was pretty awesome. Very I was cool. like,
3: "Wow, I'd love to have that hanging in my." I'm gonna go on the record and say that rifle is the shittiest rifle oh, ever yes. made in the history of the world. Yeah.
2: Well, the Italians so, yeah. were good at other things.
3: Woody. Yes, I'm <laughs> it, it <laughs> indeed. I'm gonna say that's not a slight on on your people. Butch by the way I'm 21, percent that away myself.
1: All right, so, uh, you know,
3: everybody's had a neighbor,
1: maybe when they were a kid or whatever, that uh, the old get-off-my-lawn deal would come out. And as a matter of fact, when I moved in the subdivision I'm in now, I was walking uh, a dog I have when we first got married and moved into this house. And I I let the dog pee by someone's mailbox, and it peed in their yard, and I, I hear this window open and this lady's like get your damn dog out of my yard I said, okay yeah. <laughs> I, you know i was doing not, the subdivision this one was wanting to whip my ass yeah. so people are serious about their yards well let me tell you sometimes i can get out of hand and a southwest florida man was arrested thursday night after a case of what you would call lawn rage A deputy from the Lee County Sheriff's Office responded to a disturbance call at a Fort Myers home around 9 p.m. The deputy observed a 62-year-old homeowner pacing in his driveway and was visibly irate. He was cursing. These motherfuckers better not ruin my fucking grass, screamed the man. They will see what happens. The deputy then made contact with the two people across the street who had triggered the suspect. Those workers said they'd been contracted to lay fiber optic cable in the area and were attempting to leave for the night when the suspect aggressively approached their truck with a gun. The deputy went back to the suspect attempting to calm him down, but he continued his cuss-laden rant. I will shoot those motherfuckers. That's how I'll handle it, the suspect Uh, said. After obtaining a search warrant, the deputy searched the house. Inside the garage, in plain view on a shelf, was a gun matching the victim's description. Mm-hmm. The black and silver Smith & Wesson 9 tactical pistol was loaded with a magazine that contained nine rounds of 9 millimeter ammunition. Mm-hmm. Based on the nature of the reported offense, the homeowner was arrested and charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without intent to kill. He was later released on a $5,000 bond, and he has a court date, October 9th. All Over for long. getting pissed because guys are laying fiber optic cable. Well. And they better not mess up sure, here.
3: My, might be the same people that yell at My place me. is you never have to worry about any kind of long range. or well, you got long rage.
1: Well, what, what you're seeing a lot of nowadays is people really getting uh getting so worked up over something that you look back on. I'm sure that guy looked back on that whole situation when he was sitting in jail and having to go back to court now, and he's thinking, you know, yeah. I should have just shut
2: my my mouth. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. I get parking rage is what I get because you know? I live on a busy street and yeah. there are people who, whether they're just oblivious and don't realize it's a driveway yeah. or oh, yeah. they think that they – haven't crossed over into the driveway, but some days I'll go out there, be backing out, and somebody is like infringed four feet into yeah, my right. pathway. Yeah. And the only way for me to get out is to go driving up right. on tree roots and right. everything else. It's that, that'll, uh, That'll I, rage. You. Even Ms. Jerry gets uh, gets crazy on that one. She gets crazy enough it. to leave him a little that's, note. That's
3: always been a problem in in your uh, say the parking and the uh, um block, especially blocking people in. It's even worse in a quarter than uh, I guess you're on St. Charles or somewhere. But the uh yeah that's a, that's a real deal, real deal. All right, so let's talk about somebody that's in trouble. Houston Rockets guard. Kevin Porter Jr.'s attack on his girlfriend in the New York City hotel room left the woman with a fractured neck, vertebrae, and a deep cut above her right eye. Prosecutors revealed this, y'all, at his arraignment on Tuesday. Porter, 23, pled not guilty to felony assault and strangulation charges, and prosecutors said he didn't stop until his girlfriend, former WNBA player, um... Karsy Gonrasic ran out into the hallway covered in blood. The NBA star, who had been in police custody since his arrest around six forty-five a.m. Monday, was released after posting bail, which was set at seventy-five thousand cash, and he was also ordered to stay away from the victim. This is a serious case of domestic violence, the Assistant Manhattan District Attorney said. According to Cruiser. Porter has a history of abusing Gon Rizik, including an incident in which he rammed his car into hers. Porter is due back in court in Manhattan on October 16th. In a statement Monday, the Rocket said, We are in the process of gathering information surrounding the matter involving Kevin Porter Jr., and we have no further comment at this time. According to the criminal complaint, the victim told police that Porter punched her repeatedly in the face with a closed fist, causing an inch-long gash above the right eye, bruising a substantial pain to her face. Uh Gun twenty six, said Porter also wrapped his hands around her neck and strangled on her, causing her to have difficulty breathing, redness and bruising her neck, and a loss of emotion to her left arm. And the testing showed that she sustained a fracture to one of the vertebrae in her neck. She and they've been the they've curse. been dating since February of twenty twenty two. He is so fucking lucky. He didn't. He didn't Throw a book break, at him. He didn't break the uh, the bone in her neck. That's one of the easiest bones to break. Even though he, he just must not had his hands in the right place. He's twenty three years old. Throw a book at him. Look. It, 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 you think he can get away with it, but it's not the first time he whooped on
1: her. Well, and, and let's not forget, this is a Houston Rockets basketball player. I'm not familiar with that guy, but I can tell you he's probably 6'12". He's a big dude. Well, he's yeah. not 6'12", but he's,
2: he's <laughs> yeah. a big dude. Big I mean, dude.
1: he's definitely taller than me. And and uh, I'm sure can do a lot of damage to that and did do a lot of damage to that lady. And uh, no excuse for it, it's disgusting. Right. I agree. That's my thoughts on it.
2: Well, and the injuries—I mean, those are not injuries you hide. I mean, you got a gash that yeah, big, and, and you've got a and you've got broken. a broken vertebrae. Well,
3: that's why our arm went numb. It's because he broke her damn neck.
2: So I, I think that'll that'll be a quick investigation by the uh, by the Rockets before they yeah. before they cut him. I mean, you can't uh, you can't keep that around. Did you guys watch uh, any of the U.S. Open tennis last yeah, week? i Not a tennis, tennis guy.
3: guy. Nope.
1: I don't even All watch right. tennis
3: even. I ain't
1: watched so him since McEnroe.
2: Coco Golf, Come on. No?
3: Nope. Never heard of him. Novak Djokovic? Nope. Heard of him. Didn't want, didn't I love mean. a blonde chick that I like to look at. Um, Maria Anna
2: Anakorkovic or something.
3: What was <laughs> <him>? <laughs> Kornikova. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's yeah, Anna Kornikova. Yeah,
2: but yeah, you, okay, yeah. I thought that you we were talking about up. Maria Sharapova. That's another but, one. Yeah. Okay, so Coco's cute, though. What do you, you would you would think Coco was cute. Well, anyway. The women's semifinal match at the U.S. Open was delayed for nearly an hour because a climate protester decided to glue his bare feet to the stadium floor Mm. while protesting. That's great. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Good choice. So the climate change movement over the past few years has adopted a strategy of taking their protest message directly to the public by going to public institutions like museums, sporting arenas, et cetera. A man named Sayak Mokopadiayu and three other activists with the group Extinction Rebellion New York City held up the match between American Coco Gauff and Czechoslovakian Karolina Muchova for about 50 minutes on Thursday night. They chanted, quote, no tennis on a dead planet and end fossil fuels before Mokopadiayu decided to affix his feet to the concrete floor of Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens. In a post-game press conference, Goff said, it was done in a peaceful way, so I can't get too mad at it. Would I prefer it not happening in my match? 100% yeah. The 19-year-old star concluded, I'm not going to sit here and lie, but it is what it is. Moko Padiayu says he wishes her a long and successful career, but she knows the same thing that we know, which is if we don't take drastic action soon, tennis will not be playable by the time she retires right so I'm sorry I know that there is such a thing as global warming but when somebody says she's not going to be able to play tennis by the time she retires I just take it as a math quiz and she's She's 19 years old, so let's say she plays for another 20 years, she'd be 39, and that'd be the year 2043. The most aggressive estimates on the planet are the Canadian Broadcast uh, System estimates, which say that by 2050, the planet temperatures will rise by 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit. Most are nowhere near that, but if it's 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit, I think that Coco would actually have more places to play across the planet and more tournaments to play by 2043. If that aggressive projection were true as a bunch of places right now that are too cold to play tennis tournaments in would cross over and probably become places you could play tennis tournaments mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. So Reykjavik might have their own tennis tournament and maybe they're not playing in Palm Springs anymore. So extinction rebellion has a week of climate actions planned starting on Sunday. They're, uh, Uh, They're doing a naked bike ride to end fossil fuels beginning at Columbus Circle. They're also doing mass meditations and a protest at the Museum of Modern Art. They have been involved in demonstrations like the one that hurled food at the Mona Lisa and gluing themselves to famous artworks and spray painting the yacht of the Walmart heiress. I'll be drinking beer and watching football. Me too. They may. You may so see they, them, Matt, I'll to be gluing next my, football game. They may uh, may be gluing themselves. i gluing my to my seat. Yeah. Gluing themselves to
3: something. <laughs> I mean, what the hell are you thinking, the, the gluing the feet part? Yeah, I mean, uh, you don't think that they're going to get you out? Yeah. yeah. Stupid.
2: Well, that's just to make sure they can create enough of a disturbance right. to draw attention, right? You can't get them right yeah, out of there. you superglue them. I don't know how, how good his I hope they the feet, feet are off. feeling yeah. multiple days later, but, but Coco was nice about it.
0: You can
1: now take off that belt and move freely. Mile around high.
2: Mile high time.
1: And have either one of you heard of Maggie Thorne? Ring a bell. I don't think so.
3: I think I got a niece named Maggie. Okay. Well, <laughs> she,
1: she's You the one think
2: of, you want to check on
1: that? I got like
3: 20 something on She's the one that lives in Denver, I think.
1: Well, we're, I'm going to tell you <laughs> no, a little her story. Is Maddie,
3: but I do have another one. We're Lane, getting Lane off. Maggie. Getting off subject here. Oh my
1: god. <laughs> I'm going to read you. I'm going to tell you a little story and who she is, she's a former American ninja warrior contestant uh, 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 who is an absolute stud athlete um and she is claiming that the skies were not too friendly to her during a recent southwest flight to Nashville. Mhm. The accomplished athlete who has made seven appearances on the grueling competition show said she was shocked when a flight attendant shamed her for wearing what she deemed to be an inappropriate outfit. Maggie shared a photo of the outfit, which consisted of high waist joggers and a cropped black tank top. There seemed to be no problem with her fashion choice at all until Maggie said the flight attendant came over and told her to cover up in front of the other passengers. Mm. That's ballsy as hell. Attendant just shamed me in front of the passengers saying my attire wasn't appropriate, a tank top, and high-waisted pants. Is this really happening in 2023? Now, Maggie has a message for that flight attendant. Please consider your words to a passenger and how they can impact the entire flight experience. Southwest did respond to Maggie's initial tweet with a representative saying, I'm sorry for your encounter with our flight attendant and that it left you doubting our commitment to customer service. Feel free to DM us your confirmation number and we'll follow up with you. Maggie says, however, that they have yet to respond to her question about how they are going to make sure a situation does not happen again to another traveler like what happened to her. And I'm going to post the picture. Of her outfit. That's the outfit? That's the outfit. Y'all won't believe what this is. Come on. Yes, that's the outfit. And I'll tell you, it's very stylish. My daughters wear this to college every day. Mm -hmm. Um, And I will post it on my uh, social media uh, or on our social media, the Real Life Real Crime Daily page. And you can check it out. It it is absolutely ridiculous. And uh, something tells me that flight attendant was
2: jealous. We, yeah. so I, that's ca- exactly I can't what believe what I there weren't 50 people on that plane with worse uh, I, outfits than that. One. Absolutely. I bet you there were.
1: Absolutely. So we'll post that on there. But that is your Mile High Crime for today. you go. You can now take off that belt and move freely around the cabin. Uh-oh. Oh, Friday's kinky crimes
3: are always really kinky. Oh, yeah. So I'm looking forward to hearing kinky this Kinky crimes for Friday. And y'all, this is a humdinger. So you're never going to believe where we're going, first of all. Pinellas County. All right. Pinellas County, Florida. Been a Florida, little while. A Florida woman in a troubled marriage said she stole a sex toy to try to save her troubled marriage. Yeah. Adding that... I would rather do this than be unfaithful. So, Ashton Barden, whose rap sheet includes multiple theft convictions, was spotted Wednesday morning concealing a Durex Ring of Bliss. Go ahead and look it up, Mike. As she shopped in a CVS pharmacy in Largo, a city 25 miles west of Tampa in Pinellas County. After a store employee alerted a patrolman, the officer approached Barden 33 and began asking questions about her $15 Ring of Bliss. Barton admitted to taking the sex toy from its packaging and initially concealing the item. Barton said that when she spotted the police department inside the store, she ditched the Ring of Bliss. Barton claimed that she was driven to steal the vibrating sex toy because my husband doesn't want to touch me anymore. (laughs) She added, I would rather do this than be unfaithful, Hey, I'm... right? According to Durex, the ring of bliss fits on the base of the penis oh. and enhances mutual pleasure with 20 minutes of vibration, hmm. right? Charged with a felony due to her prior theft convictions, Barton was booked into the county jail, from which she was later released after posting a $2,000 bond. In a Facebook post yesterday, Barton, a mother of four, wrote, I found true love in a husband who supports me in everything I do and want to do. Barred other Post reports, um, she has been married to her current husband for two years. Well, and look. Uh, I didn't, who the hell knows CBS sold said. sex toys? Yeah. Bring yeah, yeah, a bless, huh? But uh, that doesn't work for me, though, because she's saying she stole it so she could use it. Cause her husband didn't want to have sex anymore, but it, but it's a cock ring. Yeah, that vibrates. It's for a So I think she'd be on. Right. Yeah, well,
2: but well, still, keep crying. Just trying to spice things up yeah. a little bit. I'm surprised that she didn't draw more sympathy from right. The Pinellas police are normally pretty sympathetic.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Pinellas County runs the full gamut. Oh, of, they sure do. They got shit. a great retirement community in right. Pinellas
1: County. <laughs>
3: well, very good. Ring of bliss, yeah. y'all. Ring of Bliss. Good one. Banjo time.
2: Love the sound of the banjos on Fridays. But, but, here it comes. I've got a little poem I'm going to do today
3: for you whatever you say and I, and it might be good it might be bad I'm going out on the record <laughs> we have no prior knowledge and I'll also go on the record if anybody's got mad or sad or, or whatever about anything Ago's done I'm pretty sure it's for entertainment purposes only go ahead you like, call this
2: poetic was, justice, right? right? Yeah. Well, I'm
3: talking about the, the yeah, anything, just whatever. Well, thank you the, the, for
2: that disclaimer, Rudy. Right. right. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> warning.
3: <laughs> warning. This, <laughs> this episode, this poetic justice. I have warning. We have this no fucking idea what this, this is going to th- be. This,
2: this segment of poetic justice is entitled Missing You. And there's, oh, there's something that's been a part of my life for a little while that I've been without recently and right. i've been i've been missing it and this poem is is just it. my way of it's kind of catharsis it's kind of looking of, perplexed of missing this piece of my life so oh how i miss the stuff i'm not allowed to report report oh, okay. it's a <laughs> segment no one in america wanted me to abort abort oh, just think God. of the fun topics i could have for this week topics that would make woody and jim totally freak I might ask whether Travis Kelsey is working Taylor Swift's tight end or if trading hostages and money with Iran is something we can defend. (laughs) I'd wonder about the orange man's booking weight. Let's face it, folks. He's carrying some serious freight. I'd mention saying goodbye to the king of the parrot heads because I just can't believe Jimmy Buffett is dead. I might report (laughs) that another impeachment is a national black eye. But what else do I do when there's 10% for the big guy? I'd share the new evidence on the assassination of JFK, hoping maybe conspiracy theories might finally go away. We'd open the Obama love letters revealing he fantasized about men and think perhaps he should have put away that pen. I'd mention the Fifth Circuit Court's ruling to the White House and CDC for censoring speech from you and me. I'd feel bad for Aaron Rodgers even though the hit was legal. And mention, things could be worse. He could be a Philadelphia Eagle. Yeah, that was coming. <laughs> there you go. Hey,
3: Another We
1: don't have a theme for I guess uh, we do. Don't, I know. Well, we'll just say <laughs>
2: po- yeah, <I> poetic <laughs>
3: justice. Unsanctioned.
2: Look, sanctioned. I got to imitate sanction. Wait, sanctioned. sanctioned. The board sanctioned the Poetic Justice segment.
1: I have to admit, Wendy told me last night that she likes Mike's
3: poems. That I like She thinks they're funny. And I
2: said, get out of my house. (laughs) Wendy has shown great judgment in all things other than one over the years. So listen, I I could say. Indeed, she has. I could say,
3: uh, you know, the one thing I can say is we have no control over ago because we can say it this way then he's going to do it this way then we have a board meeting on that and he's still going to figure a way around it outside the bylaws <laughs> so can, you should have been a lawyer yeah i like lawyers like Any a thoughts? corporate lawyer <laughs> i had well i, can't, I had everybody in my family's a lawyer even my mom and dad and I, yeah. gonna say, I hate lawyers yeah you did. can't
1: say that all right all right well uh we got. Uh, they stole what coming at you? They stole. We hadn't done it. They stole we haven't what had in one little in a while, like a week. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They stole. What? what they steal? Where's the theme? Well. Yeah. Uh, come up with a theme. That's right. <laughs> that? they, stole they, stole they
2: stole what? They stole what?
1: They stole an excavator. How about that? (laughs) A stolen excavator was recovered under odd circumstances when someone drove it through an automotive department at a Florida Walmart.
2: Through the automotive department. Through it. Is that Pinellas County (laughs) at (laughs) Walmart?
1: Very likely. It happened late Monday, September 11th. Actually, this was in Gainesville. Which is home to the University of Florida. A 47 year old man has been taken into custody as a suspect. The suspect stole the large excavator, drove it through the, drove it around the southwest uh, side of the Walmart which took out several power poles then nice. drove it through the wall of the Walmart. This yeah. from Gainesville Police. Officers located another building which was a storage unit that the that the suspect also drove through. Photos show the storage building was split in half while the Walmart had a large hole in the automotive department wall. Nice. The suspect cost an estimated get this y'all 2 million oh, dollars worth of damage, and they also say the excavator was hot-wired. Now, Komatsu sells that exact excavator for as much as Uh, $599,000. So... You know, had the guy got away with stealing it and actually didn't run it into a Walmart, yeah. uh, that'd have been a quite the loss. But. but either he was high, drunk,
3: or he didn't know how to drive an excavator. But he knew how to hotwire that bitch. Yeah, that's so. yeah. pretty yeah. hard
2: to hide one once you've stolen one,
3: though. Yeah, it? I mean it's like yeah. The store we did that time, and they stole a eighteen wheeler that was painted pink, and they tried to paint it black <laughs> in the hotel parking lot. Yeah, spray paint. Yeah. Yes. Well, there they you stole. stole
1: what? that is our show for today. Any final thoughts?
3: Negative Ghost Rider. My pattern is full. Mike? Other than Rescue.org.
1: Look forward to another poem
3: next hey, week. Hey, we, we, we I've, got, got, a up, little, we got, I've got a little birthday now, this weekend. So you got gonna, your birthday this weekend? Yeah. So, well, happy, happy,
1: happy birthday. 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 Birthday, uh, birthday. Something's
2: being planned and I'm not sex. Very, we're, we're, no. we're, we already know it is, but we can't tell you. <laughs> it's, it's, birthday sex. It's not the 20-something of the month yet. It's, it's not going to be that. Uh, we'll, we'll see what it is.
3: Then I'm going to do this because your birthday is on Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. Happy birthday, birthday to, you. to you. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. To you. Happy Happy birthday, birthday, dear Cole. Happy Happy birthday birthday to to you many more. Thank you. Very nice, guys. Very nice. nice. Hope you have a great (laughs) one,
1: There you go. Everybody wish him happy birthday on Facebook. That's right. All right. Until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. Um, What do you have?
0: And I'm Mike Agavino. Your host of Real Life, Real Crime Daily. Peace. Peace. Aglets.